words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned on this program no longer exist. Blind Like Me does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. I was only kidding. We have assembled a quite a group here uh, for our little Blind Like Me show. We'll start with the quiet one, John Conley. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And you're in Dallas, Texas? Dallas, Texas. All right. We also have Linda Justice, and she's in what town? What is it? Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Willow Grove. I've heard that today already because I, I, I talked to your husband this morning. We did a, a little Blind Like Me show. He's a talker, isn't he? Yes. He's a talker. I love these stories. He told me a couple of good ones. And we all have also have uh, uh, Lee uh, Lee A. Stone. Do you always use the A in your name? What is the deal there? Well, only because, of, to my knowledge, through the computer, there's 38 other Lee Stones in the oh. country, and some of them don't pay their bills. Uh-huh. And so you want to be Lee A. Stone, right? Uh-huh. And I, actually, there's, there's uh, 22 of those. Whoa. He just can't win, can you? One of them's a preacher, man, so he and I don't get too close. Oh, you want to stay away from those guys, you know? They're trying to, trying to make you worship their God. Anyway, uh, we also have a lady with only one name. Her name is Boop. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. And you are, where Where are you? I'm in little Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Slippery? Ooh. Is that, Pebble. Is that the name of the town, Slippery Rock? Yep. I think you're lying. Nope. <laughs> but you nope. have nothing they to do with it. They have a big uh, university here. That's right. Asking obvious question, you had nothing to do with that rock being slippery, did you? Uh, hmm. not this year. All right. Well, we're off to a great start. I don't think I didn't ask uh, Lee. What what town are you from, Lee Stone? What town am I from? Yeah, where are you? Buxton. 
H-U-D-S-O-N. Hudson. Hudson. Pennsylvania? Right next door to the Hudson River. Pennsylvania, New York? <clears throat> no, New York. New York. It's Hudson, Hudson New York. Upstate New York. Okay, so we have a lot of folks from up east, from back east, and a few Texans. And Don Shaw is also with us. Hi, Donald. Just How are you? sitting in here on the side listening to all this. Don is one of the blind handy men, most of you. Hello, Don. Hi there, Linda. Still at the depot, Don. Still at the depot, working on. You guys on, didn't get huh? your store yet, did you? Huh? You guys didn't get your store out there yet. Uh, we're fixing to. They're building it as we speak. Oh, Home Depot, we are. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Should be open by the first of the year or so. Yeah, because they're a lot more blind friendly than Lowe's, aren't they, Linda? They- yeah. Well, so it would seem. <laughs> so I would certainly hope so. We're also getting, we're getting, oh, we're really getting uptown in Lufkin. We're a town of about 40,000 people. We're getting all kinds of things. We're getting, we've got an Outback Steakhouse now. That's pretty exciting. Whoa. And we can go down and take in a haircut or go to the hen house and feel the warm eggs at night. <laughs> they let us uh, do that. And check out the chicks. Check out the chicks. That's right. Uh, let's see. Are, are we all, Linda, I guess, uh, Boop, you're the only one that's got any sight at all, aren't you? I think. Does that mean I have to be the designated driver? It does. Uh-huh. Most definitely. I get uh-huh. to drive? I get uh-huh. to drive? Lee, you, yeah. you get to drive. What a good what a deal. Lee, you can see some? Uh, the, the dummy, I can see light in my left eye, but, you know, I haven't determined that yet. All right. <laughs> I like Braylon myself. Depends on who's there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I reminds me of a great. There was once was a girl named Gail. I, I can't do that. That's yes, I know that one. We can't all heard that. that. One. I can't <laughs> do that. that one off list. I guess uh, Don Don uh, Don Shaw sees a little bit. As a, a little bit. It's a little bit of sight. So uh, we've got sighted and blind folks represented. What we thought we'd do is tell some some stories that could only have happened to you that, that wouldn't have happened to a sighted person. If you could see, this wouldn't have happened to you. And and just to kind of get things rolling, I'll just tell this quick one, and whoever wants to jump in after this can. Some friends of mine were drinking, if you can imagine that, heavily. We were probably 20 years old, and we'd had three or four bottles of Thunderbird wine. And one of these guys we'd gone to the blind school with, but he, and I'm sure you all know guys like this, had fooled around and gotten a driver's license. Now, how he did it, I don't know. But he was in his daddy's brand-new 1960 uh, Ford Falcon is what it was. It was a pretty car, four-seated, little station wagon, family-type car. Well, of course, you know what happened. We decided we'd drive. There were two totals, one partial, and Charles, who had a driver's license. Well, what a deal. We, we, <laughs> we, decided, we lived in Houston, so we decided we would drive the car, and the sighted people would tell us which way to turn. I drove. I'm a total. Henry drove. Henry is a total. John Bennett, who has partial sight, ran into a fence in a parked car and totaled no. this guy's brand-new car. So there we were, four blind people. <laughs> oh, no. He'd been driving. Well, the guy that came was named, his name was Laird. The policeman's name was Laird. And he looked at us, and he talked to us, and he said, you're not really blind. And so I took one of my eyes out to show him that I was, which freaked him out. He he said, let me see everything in your pockets. Well, I had a fold-up beer opener in my pocket, which he took away from me. So he said, you don't need that. You're not old enough to drink. And he talked to us a few minutes, and finally he just said, well... Uh, if y'all can get the record driver to take you home, good luck. And got in the car and left. <laughs> I saw this man 15 years later in a club, and I said, you know, why did you do that? You remember the, he remembered it well. He remembered me. He came up to me and said, I met you before, Mr. Park. I said, why did you leave us? He said, 
You think I was going to take four blind people back to the police station and tell them I caught four blind people driving? He said they would have laughed at me for six months. Everybody made fun of me. Nobody would have believed it. Hell, the best thing to do, you didn't hurt anything. You totaled the car, but you didn't hurt anybody. It was just leave you. <laughs> what a deal. So anyway, that's my blind driving story. Who's next? Uh, wasn't there a part that was left out? What was uh, I leave out? I, I, I heard that, the, that, the, that he got on the police radio and said... Uh, I need uh, I need a backup car to come over here. Five by blind boys just hit a car. Well, that may have been that may have been made up by one of the participants. I don't. I was drunk. I don't remember that. I barely remember the whole story. Uh, parts of it may have even been told to me, but uh, and I don't remember that. But anyway, he let us all go. He didn't. Uh, the record driver took drove me back to my little apartment, which was eight or ten blocks away, and I just you know went up and had another drink and hoped for the best. <laughs> what a deal! Uh, that's uh, you know that's my story. Next. Well, I, I never got stopped by the police, but uh, when I was still driving at night when I shouldn't have been, because I'm totally night blind, uh-huh. whenever I'd start to drive, I'd ask people, I said, well, just lead me to my car and I'm fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> lead me to the car, I'm fine? Yeah. That's Jeez, and, they, and they would. Yeah. <laughs> and people would get in and ride with you. No. <laughs> they that's, weren't that stupid. <laughs> that's the kill, They would just kind of lead me to the car and say, well, oh, gee, I forgot something. I'll I'll be right behind you about yeah. 20 miles. <laughs> that's right. And and so you drove, this was, you could drive at one time? Yeah. I drove until 1991. I probably should have quit driving about 1985. <laughs> yeah. Probably, but you could see well enough to drive. Yeah. So you know that thrill that uh, that many of us don't that have never yeah. never yeah, been able. Yeah, the thrill of almost running into a semi and thinking, hmm, maybe I shouldn't drive at night anymore. Maybe I ought to quit this. That could tell yeah. a story, couldn't <laughs> it? Driving <Yeah>. at night. <laughs> Yeah, that could. My dad let me drive, experience it, and uh, it was interesting. But what I've done is I've I've piloted a small plane before. Uh, Of course, I had someone with me, but if he had gotten caught, you know, I should have been a co-pilot, not the pilot. So I went from the small town upstate where I'm from, Tawanda, Pennsylvania, to Williamsport, uh, Pennsylvania, where I was going to college. And there were three of us, and uh, the fellow said, Pat said, well, I'm going to go back with the plane. Do you, do, you want to, do you want to fly? And I said, yeah. And when I was a little kid, his dad had showed me you know, what a plane was like, and he, he let me be a co-pilot at that time. Yeah. Pat says, come on, get in the pilot seat. And I said, okay, I will. And I, it was thrilling. But he, of course, he took my hands, and that's how we operated the controls, because I had no clue what they were. But that's how we flew back, and I was so nervous, but I loved every minute. I bet. We and got back, and we all went to the bar. Well, you probably would have probably would have done that anyway. But uh, there were—you said there were four of you in the plane. There were three of us. There was other. There were actually in the front seat and one guy in the back. Poor guy in the back was going. Oh, it's all right with you. Why don't you not let her fly the uh, the poor guy in the back? You know. Was what, what, what kind of plane was it? Uh, you know, I don't even remember because I don't know much about planes. I just remember doing that. This was like yeah. back in the 70s sometime when everybody did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> Are you sure you went to the bar before or after the that's flight? Terrible. After. That's the question. Yeah. We all were nervous after. and uh, you know, we, we, But it was an experience. It was a, you know, how many people can say they got to fly a plane? So uh, I flew a beach bonanza about seven years ago uh, with somebody. Really? Okay. Like pipe, that's like a Piper Cub? Uh, it's uh, a four-seater. I, I don't know... Uh, 
a one-inch and four-seater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I didn't like going up real fast. That that was kind of, you know, you lost uh, oxygen when you went up real fast. Oh, that's the thrill of it. Did you hear the girl that I had on from, that works at NASA that's taking flying, kind of taking flying lessons? This was the first one I did. She's first con- show. Yeah, well, I cannot remember. Terry something. I can't remember her name. Uh, she's trying to get a little list together of people that, that are in. Uh, she should. She ought to contact our our, sky, our Well, our skydiving friend, you know. Yeah. Uh, they they have something in common. He doesn't fly planes, but he he. Uh, I'm terrified of. I got enough Valium. We're gonna, I'm gonna get on a plane and go to San Francisco this week, but it's only because my Valium script has not run out. <laughs> what a trip. That ought what to be. Deal. Who hadn't told a story? Who hadn't said anything? What, what do they do exciting in Slippery Rock? Well, what do they do exciting? Uh, well, what do you do exciting then? Um, <laughs> Slippery Rock is pretty small. We do have a McDonald's. Whoa. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And a university. Yeah. And a university. And that's about it. <laughs> And uh, you don't work. You just yeah. stay home. You don't. You have children. You, you just stay home. Right. I, yeah. I play Susie Hillmaker, and I do a very poor job of it. But, you know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I used to work. the Hillmaker's Union. Uh, I used to work with juvenile delinquents. What? Well, this is back when. What? What? Tell us about uh, that. Until about 1980. So it's been quite a while ago. So your your loss of vision came on as an adult. Well, I I was night blind since I was about eight years old, Uh or even before that. I knew it when I was eight, and it's just progressed since then. So it just keeps going downhill. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell people I have enough vision now to be dangerous. But is it a place now? Is it going to get any worse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll keep getting worse. Yeah, even, so in, even as we speak, <laughs> in, in, this back today while we're doing the show, you could yeah absolutely blind, slowly well, going away. Hopefully you won't. Well, you work with juvenile delinquents. Did you get a, a, a degree to do that, or how did you happen to? How did you? Yeah, I have a social work degree. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and you're talking to us. <laughs> what a deal! What a deal! That's amazing. Don't worry, I'm taking notes. I, I hope so. It's, it, I used to, we used to have a, I used to have a, had a lady that had a degree in psychology that listened to me when I was on the radio. Not only could she tell me what I said wrong, she could tell me why I said it. <laughs> now that's I, a deal. Uh, you know. I, well, lucky for you, I'm just a, I'm a little rusty and out of practice, so mm-hmm. I think you're all safe now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we didn't get in this morning, Linda, into how you how did you meet your husband? Because you, you obviously didn't go to the blind school with him because his high school only had one blind student. And he was it. And he was it. He was the one, huh? We were victims of uh, programs such as, uh, I don't know, Arkansas Enterprises for the Blind. I don't know if you folks ever. What do they teach you? Uh, whatever, whatever they could find. No, actually, we went into different programs out there. I went into a personnel interviewer program, which was a kind of a joke because you don't get into companies as an, in, as an into a company as an interviewer. Uh, but you know, we didn't know back then. We didn't care. We needed to find a job, so we went to school to find one, I guess. Yeah. And uh, he was in another program, and that's how we met. Uh, uh, we just started hanging out together, and. Uh, uh, and he came back to, we were both from Pennsylvania, uh, but we, of course, we didn't know one another. And he was in the process of a divorce at the time. And and uh, so we he came back to Pennsylvania first, and then I came back. And 
we both had jobs, but mine didn't work out. Uh, all my equipment got stolen. Whatever happened, you know, all kinds of stuff happens sometimes. So, uh, yeah, we, and then we ended, I ended up moving down in this area, and we just started, we got together, and then eventually got married. We lived in Sydney for a while, and that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think a lot about it uh, from time to time. It, it comes back to me. I remember it well. But uh, my age, you know, I uh, don't remember it too well. <laughs> Mom said, why don't you, you two, why don't you two get married? He says, yes, we're going to. And we did. So and we've been 22 years now. But you, have no, you had no children? No. No. All right. Well, sometimes that's, uh, sometimes that's better. And John, I regret that, yeah. John and Pam have no children. No, no, we sure don't. And, uh, Boop, do you have kids? Nope. My I got a God. husband, that's about as much as I can well, and, and, Lee, you're not even married, are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, are you? You are. Yeah, I, met, I met my wife. I was boarding next door, and uh, next door to where I'm living right now. And I was trying to get some sleep because I was working nights, and I hear her out there cussing, swearing the lawnmower, and I look out there to see this. I still had some vision and see this little girl with a bikini on <clears throat> and uh, uh-huh. just all uphill from there 28 oh. years later oh how much uphill from there 28 years later all right 28 yeah. years <laughs> got three children two grandchildren and uh and kids still coming back home they my oldest son says well he doesn't want to move away because he doesn't want us to be alone i said do me a favor do me a favor. <laughs> yeah. i got uh, i got grandkids uh, one grandson 15 years old and his buddy who is also 15 they're both in the shop using my woodwork tools uh they i heard my table saw a while ago go on and uh, the router and the sanders so they're in there and of course my wife is terrified and when one of those kids cuts their fingers off it's your fault well, of course well, it's Well, it will be. Nothing, anything that happens is my fault. I mean, what happens, it's my fault. Anything. What do you mean, anything that happens? Why would that be different? You know? Yeah, you're talking about kids. I tell people, oh, yeah, I have a husband, two wolfers, and one tweeter. <laughs> I mean, two guide dogs and a cockatiel. Yeah. In a pair of kids, in a pair of There you go. You have a cockatiel? Yeah. A cockatiel, yeah. That's that's kind of that's kind of a strange pet for a blind person, isn't it? Or is it? It's for the birds. Well, it, I guess it is for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I tell you, let's do. We're about 16 minutes in. Let's take a little short break and be back. And everybody's lined up a great story, and we're going to tell all these great stories as soon as we're back with more of Blind Like Me. you'll probably never need. Titillating tidbits to make you think on the blind side. Here's Don Patterson. Remember that sound? I entered Mrs. Nance's 7th grade typing class in 1954 at the Texas School for the Blind. Nowadays, the kids don't do typing, they do keyboarding. And I doubt that there's a person 30 years old or younger who's even seen a typewriter. But for a hundred years, these machines were king. Instead of names like Compact, Hewlett-Packard, and Apple, you had names like Remington, Royal, and Underwood. These machines drove the world's offices. 
Though patents on typewriters have existed from the 1700s, it was not until the 1890s that these machines were mass-produced. Probably in the millions, or even maybe a billion, typewriters were sold. There is one curious fact about the typewriters that is not so well known. In 1808, the first working model of a typewriter was built in Italy for one specific purpose. An Italian man had a friend in the royal family who was blind, a countess, and he designed and built a typewriter for this lady in order to enable her to communicate in print with friends and family members. Still hunting and pecking on the blind side. I'm Don. On the blind side, answering questions nobody asks. Say a little. We have four people. We have uh, Linda Justice. We have Boop. We have Lee Stone. We have John Conley. We have Don Shaw, and we have me. So there's six of us, where there are usually two. And we were uh, the main kind of thrust of this was little things that might have happened to you because you're blind. Who who wants to start? Surely you've thought of some good stories. Don't be bashful. I'll have to pick someone. Golly, I'll, I'll start. Okay. Go ahead. Um. One day I spent $50 on four taxi cabs, and um, I'll tell you how I did that. I uh, was going out on a date. Uh, it's on a Friday night back in 1978, going out on a date. I was going to meet this lady at uh, the, VA, the VA hospital. That's where she worked. So I took a cab from my apartment, and I was going to go downtown to get a bus to the VA. But the, uh, the cab driver taught me into going to the VA directly from my apartment, so I did that. It cost $11. Got out of the cab, went in the VA, and uh, I stood by the front door. And I thought this lady would see me, and she didn't see me. So I went back in the VA hospital and called the cab, got in the cab, told them I wanted to go to the uh, to the Grand Prairie bus station. Now, this is in Dallas, Texas, but I want to go to Grand Prairie, Texas, to the bus station because that's where I was supposed to meet her. <clears throat> so I got out of the cab at the bus station and uh, went inside and got on the phone and called a friend of mine to tell him where I was. And uh, I told him I was at the Grand Prairie bus station. I said, there's a row of phones here. And he said, no, you're not at the Grand Prairie bus station. And I said, well, I see all these uh, city buses outside uh, passing by and uh, these phones here. And he said, no, you're, you're not at the Grand Prairie bus station. So I went up uh, went up to the counter and said, uh, uh, where am I? <laughs> and uh, they probably thought I was crazy. I'm sure they did. Uh, are drunk. And they uh, they said, no, you're at the Dallas bus station in Dallas, Texas, which is 15 miles from uh, Grand Prairie, Texas. Okay. And so what happened, uh, the cab driver just took me to the Dallas bus station. Uh, and uh, like I said, I told him I want to go to Grand Prairie bus station. He took me to the Dallas bus station. 
So that was five dollars for that. So we're up to sixteen dollars now in this in this cab fare. So uh, I went outside and took another cab, another taxi cab. I took that taxi cab to the Grand Prairie bus station. Uh, she wasn't the lady wasn't there, so I went across the street in the cab to a convenience store and called my buddy again and uh, told him where I was this time and I waited for her she didn't show up so I said well I'm, I'm going home I'm just going to go home and so I did I went home and by the time I got back into Dallas that was $24 cab fare <laughs> so we're up, for, we're up to $40 now 16 24 and then uh, when I got home, I called the lady. She was at the same payphone that I was at at the convenience store. She was right there. Across the street. Across from the, street, the Grand Prairie bus station. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me call another cab, yeah. and I'll meet you there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I called another cab, and uh, and I eventually met her there. Uh, this this trip, this the first cab was at 3.30 in the afternoon, and now we're up to 10 o'clock at night. Oh All right. So it, it, it took that long um, to take these four cabs, and that fourth cab was $10. So we're up to $50. Well, of and course. my buddy had the Grand Prairie Police looking for me. And so if I would have had a uh, scanner, police scanner, I would have uh, heard my description over the radio. Uh, but uh, that was that was my story. Uh, well, now was the was the pursuit of this lady worth it? I think no. that would be the optimum. <laughs> See, that would be the question that all was in all our minds, and only I had the nerve to ask. It wasn't. It was a waste of time, right? I'm afraid it was. Uh, so many times that's happened to <laughs> all in pursuit of some lady, right, or person, all in the pursuit of some member of the opposite sex. And I have uh, I have one more story while right. I'm at it. This, okay. is a sh- this is a shorter one. Uh, I was with my ex-wife. Uh, she went to the store, and uh, I was standing outside the store waiting for her. Had a can of Coke in my hand and some torn blue jeans. And uh, somebody came up and put money in my hand. I guess they thought I was uh, <laughs> begging. Some guy walked by and put a buck in your hand. I would put some change, you know. I love it. What a deal. I love it. you got some of that $50 back. Right. <laughs> well, did you go hang around that corner again? I, I should have. I, 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 I could use some money right now. Maybe I, maybe I better go and... You know, of course, when I was a kid, that's what blind people did. I mean, that's what you thought a lot of blind people doing was was uh, begging on the street. We called it begging back then. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we don't do that anymore. All right, that's your two stories. Who's next? Linda? Well, the funniest story, you know, we always talk about Home Depot. So uh, All right. I, I, I wanted to apply for a job. In 1993, in the spring, they were building the store, which is, you know, a block and a half from my home. Well, in the process of building that store, uh, they tore up the sidewalks and everything where you couldn't even go down. We would go down to the train station and so forth. We had no access. We'd have to take the long way, a different route. And that just was very annoying. Well, I didn't realize how bad it was. Uh, So I was with my guide dog, uh, Gus, at the time, and we were going to head down and uh, got down, crossed a major highway I have to cross, 
turned right, and somebody happened to be there, and they yelled, Ma'am, stop, stop, stop. You can't go any further. There's a, there's a, a ditch, three-foot ditch there. Yeah. And they had no nothing set up, no barricades, yeah. uh, nothing of that nature. Well, we were about sick of them messing up the place. So I don't know. I'm a, I was real feisty back then. I've mellowed out, even in ten, almost ten years. I called the newspaper, and next thing you know, uh, well, they came and took pictures of me, uh, my guide dog, and me standing in front of this ditch and, and yeah. complaining because, you know, they should have had something up where uh, we could have. I, the dog stops, obviously, but yeah. a person with a cane or anybody might have fallen in there. Sure. So uh, that happened. Now, this is why I'm telling you that. Uh, that was before. Now, the day before Thanksgiving of 93, somebody, the guy who worked for the construction company, said, well, we'll, we'll give you money for cabs if you have to get down to the train station. We're very sorry we're inconveniencing you. But he said, why don't you go apply for a job? I thought, what am I going to do in a, in a retail store, particularly a big hardware store, whatever yeah. we thought it was at the time. Yeah. So I went in. Uh, the trailer that they they always set up a trailer as you'll find out uh, near, in Texas there where people can go and apply for a job. Uh-huh. Um, and so I went into the trailer. My driver had to take me because it was all messed up there too, all gravel. He couldn't get in, you know, by himself easily. Yeah. Because uh, as you can see, I told you that part. Well, I go in the trailer and she had to leave me, so I go in the trailer with my guide dog and totally freak these people out. Like, what's she doing here, you know? And I said, well, I'd like to fill out an application, but I'm going to need some assistance. Because we didn't have, they didn't have computers, and, of course, I couldn't have done it if they did. So one of the girls helped me fill out the application. Uh-huh. It was very warm in the trailer, and all of a sudden my dog made a funny noise. Oh. He grew up. He Mom. barfed in the trailer and, as and I was filling out the application. And you were filling out the application for a job. For a job that I happen to have now. <laughs> But I didn't think I'd ever get it. So I was so embarrassed, and I offered, you know, I grabbed anything I could find in my purse or whatever. They said, no, 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 we love dogs, don't worry about it. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm done for. Uh, And then the manager came in, and he met me, and I said, oh, we'll never guess what happened. You know, they told him, and he says, oh, don't worry, it's fine. And so I said, look, can somebody get me back across the street, or at least get me to the corner so I can get across the street? And he walked all the way up the hill. I thought, well, that's a plus. At least he knows I can walk here uh, if I should be that fortunate after all of this to get a job. Uh And the day after Thanksgiving, the picture was in the paper after I'd applied for the job, of course. (laughs) The picture of you at the ditch. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. I thought I was ditched for sure. Oh, really? Uh, And and then, you know, it took forever to convince them. And and as it it happened, February of next, 94, February 28th, actually, I started. They hired you. I had to convince them. But the other part was two weeks after I was there, uh, one of the assistant managers came, and he says, Hey, Linda, we lost your, uh, we can't find your application. Uh, you know, we're just going to have to fill this stuff out again just to get the information so it's in our files and it's legal. Well, Whoa. what they used to do if they didn't want you, or they didn't think it was worth it, they'd throw out applications. Well, sure they would. 
Yeah. I'm sure they still do. They still do. Yeah. Sure. So that's my story. Yeah. But I, when I first, I got, I quit school in the tenth grade because they weren't teaching me anything. I wanted to do radio and music, and they weren't allowing me to do any of those things. So I stayed home a year, and then I got a job selling brooms door to door, which is another thing blind people used to do. Peddler, yes. peddling those brooms door to door. I had never had any cane training. I knew nothing about getting around. And the second day I was on the broom job, I had say 40 pounds of brooms and mops, dust mops, uh, brooms and things tucked under my arm, this big bag of stuff around my neck with dish rags, dish towels, pot holders, lint brushes, all kinds of things. It probably weighed 20 pounds. So I had 60 pounds of extra weight. I stepped off in a bio up to, like, my shoulders. And good. I had, I also, I, I peed while I was, while I fell. <laughs> and there I was, there I was in a bio with 60 pounds of brooms on me, and I had wet my pants. You see, I, I thought, geez, folks, do you reckon this being blind stuff is going to work? I don't think I'm going to make it. But, you know, fortunately, I learned to play a musical instrument and got out of selling brooms. But it was the worst no day of my I thought, you know, what a horrible thing. I was 18 years old, you know. Um, at, really, at least you didn't fall in a pool with a uh, police scanner on your belt. Well, we'll, 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 do, we'll do that story in a minute. John oh my gosh. stepped off. Who had who had legal head? My my uh, best story comes last year on Mother just the day before Mother's Day because I was blind. I was invited to be with uh, uh, 17 other people to drive at fun in New York at a speedway. And it was a fundraiser for a place called Capabilities. They haven't around the country, but in New York State, it's happened to be at Brockport University. And this program is for blind children and deaf children between the ages of uh, school-age children anyway. Uh-huh. The fundraiser. But uh, I borrowed equipment from everybody. The car, everybody had a car that was donated. When we got it to the track, you lottery thing, you put, just so happened my car was number 10. It was an older Toyota station wagon. And uh, they picked a co-driver for you, too. Well, my co-driver was in a previous race. He's a sighted person and had lost his car, and he was kind of depressed. So we get in this car. We, we all got our cars, and I haven't sat behind the wheel in years and years. I was privileged to drive years ago, whether it was legal or not, I didn't mm-hmm. drive. But at this race, I get behind the wheel. It's time to start the cars, and he's, he's explaining, okay, 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, you hold the wheel. We ease out onto the track. Now, they're going to allow us... Uh, to have two free laps around the track before the race starts. Oh, wait a minute. You were driving the car? Oh, yeah. And wow. They, we had to wear like a helmet, a fire retardant suit, fire retardant gloves. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah, that's a good idea. No kidding. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, so this co-driver is sitting next to me, and he says, uh, okay, so we're all set. Here we go. We're out on the track. Go ahead and, and goose it a couple times, and let's get going. Yeah. Next thing you know, wham, Jesus, we stopped. He says, you just hit the damn wall. I said, well, you're supposed to tell me where we're supposed to go. He says, you're really blind? I said, yeah. How do you think I got in this race? I, said, <laughs> I hit this concrete wall. The <laughs> guy oh, convinced himself. That was the end the race. He said, oh, we're not hurt that bad. So he puts it in reverse. He said, no, no, back up, but get going. So we made our two bloop, 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 run the track. Yeah. When the thing started, he said to me, I think I'm going to have some fun. Do you want to win this race or do you want to have fun? I said, I'm just here to have fun. So we made it around the track. My wife said that because they were filming it, it looked like I was a snail out there in a the track. For a while. And then, yeah. we, then I decided to take off. Now, you got to imagine that just like a demolition derby, the windshield out, all the glasses out of the vehicle. And he says, uh, I noticed there was a guy arguing with you earlier. So, yeah, he says, uh, 
be just ahead. When I tell you to, just jerk the wheel, and I did. He says, oh, damn, we just caused a rollover. <laughs> That's really? the exciting, exciting part about this race. The good part about it was we raised over $27,000, and at the end of the race, a lot of the young kids who were in these programs come over and, you know, thank you for sure. what you did. It was great. But, the embarrassing part about it was they, they to raise additional funding, they were – selling t-shirts to people in up in the grandstands and they come down and different people were asking us to to autograph them uh-huh. so somebody puts a magic marker type of thing in my hand and i'm just standing there and people coming up and, and i'm signing their shirts now i don't sign well under normal circumstances on a kitchen table <laughs> and this lady comes up and said would you sign mine i said yeah, just just put me right where you want it and i said <laughs> I started to write and realized where I was. Your hand was on her breast, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the right side. It's, I said, oh, my God. She said, thank you so much. You did a great job. My, my kids love you. It's all right. So I don't know if she was if she was 35 or 65, but it was a nice lady, and uh, it was a great event. If it didn't embarrass her, it didn't bother you, did it? Didn't oh, no. No. It, I'm still talking about but, it. That was back at mother. Now, the, the rollover, that didn't hurt anybody. No one got Oh, no, hurt. no, no. No, no, no. It's just it's uh, these these kind of see I wouldn't have a nerve to do that. I'm too old. I couldn't. <laughs> I could run into the wall. That's funny. That's good. That's a good story. That's good. All right. Who, who hadn't who hadn't boop? The young lady from Slippery Rock. We've been ignoring you, haven't we? We're so sorry about that. <laughs> I just figured you guys it. didn't see me. Over no, there, we didn't so. see you over there. So <laughs> yeah, tell us. Tell yeah, us reach out and touch someone. Reach out and touch someone. Well, That's I guess right. One of my favorites are. Uh, embarrassing stories I guess happened when I was about eight years old and this was before anyone knew I had a problem with my eyes all I knew is I couldn't see at night so my aunt and my sister and I had gone to a little circus in Uh Grove City this little wee pedunk town and um, so after the circus my aunt and my sister are heading to the car and it's dark, and I'm trying to follow them. I can't see them. I can't understand how <laughs> okay. they can move so fast, because I didn't think anyone could see at night. You know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I run into something. I don't know what it is. And my aunt and my sister are yelling at me to hurry up, and then they turn around and see me run into this, and they start laughing. <laughs> and since then, I've been trying to find someone else that has also done this and I haven't been able to find anyone because I ran into the back end of a camel. <laughs> I, I just thought it was some now, what are the chances of that lady that I ran into and spit on me. I didn't know. A, a camel. <laughs> but I, uh, I just haven't found anyone else that has run into the back end of a camel. No, I don't think any anyone of us. Anyone here? <laughs> Not yet. (laughs) This camel was part of the show and and just happened to be out in the parking lot having a cigarette. Yeah, I guess. I'm having a camel. What the hell was a camel? Really? What was a camel doing out in the parking lot in the first place? Well, it wasn't really in the parking lot. It was. We were going like behind the tent, trying to take a shortcut to the parking lot. You know, okay. I didn't find out till later what it was. Well, what did you think it was? Just I thought give it was us... some big fat hairy lady that spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! So you touched it and you, you realized that it was some sort of a of, an, of a live object that had hair. Yeah. 
I never felt a camel fuzz. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I don't well, want to again either. I bet you don't. I haven't either. I've, I've thought a little about it occasionally in weaker moments, but I never. Well, I might have thought you were a veterinarian or something. That's entirely possible. That's, uh, that's, that's funny. That's I'm good. at eight years old. <laughs> you're only a kid, you know. You're just a yeah. little, little into running into the camel. And so I guess you're, they told that uh, that was one of the great Linda stories or, or boot stories when you were little, right? Yep, that was one of them. That's yeah, one that they told there. All yeah, right, but, let's uh, let's just take a, a little short break and all get a new drink and and re- come back and and John Conley will tell his his famous how much equipment can you lose in one day in a swimming pool story. Back in just a minute. a website our crack research team certifies screen reader friendly. Now with this week's blind site, here's Don Shaw. Hi there. I want to review a site today for the movie fans out there. You folks that want to go and see a movie that may wonder, well, how easy is this movie to keep up with for a a, a totally blind person or partial sighted person? Well, now there's a way to find out. You Visit this site and it will give you some idea about how friendly the movie may be for following along with the movie, for how well it it describes scenes in the movie, just in general how friendly the movie is for a visually impaired person. If you're a movie fan of currently running movies or if you just want to go and uh, read some movie reviews for a movie that maybe you're interested in, in renting for your VCR, Go and take a look at them. I think they're a really fine site. I would give them a screen reader friendliness rating of a 10. You'll find it real accessible. Anyway, if you're thinking about seeing a movie later this weekend, go and go and take a look at them. Go to www.vasht as in Tom, I, dot net. Hey, I'm fixing to go and find a movie to check out. Until next week, I'm Don Shaw. Keep on blind sighting. If you found a screen reader friendly website you'd like us to mention, send your email to blindlikeme, all one word, at txucom.net. And join us again next time for Blind Sights. Cubit anyway. Do what now? How big is a cubit anyway? I don't know. Remember the Bill Cosby? What's a yeah, cubit? Right. I used to know that, but I forgot. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny stuff from long, many long years ago. How, how long can you tread water? Yeah, so, uh, that was a well, that was a great hour. I guess we're, we're all old enough to remember that stuff. Best of Bill. That was the best Bill Cosby ever did. I, I guess it was. But then Bill Cosby wasn't what everybody said he was. He'd had an affair like the rest of us, hadn't he? Huh? What, what he did to me was what, what he said was true. Is someday you're going to have kids just like you. Yeah. And I and I did. Well, <laughs> I did too. I I, I did too. I, I'm sure I'm enjoying my grandchildren though. They uh they most of them enjoy me. Uh, some of them, my my granddaughter's gotten about 16 now, and she's 
She's got, I don't know, I don't know what she's mad at me this week about, but something. I'm sure there's some reason that she should be. I found her out. She and a girlfriend of hers got stopped in a place they shouldn't have been in the middle of the night. And I asked her about it, and I shouldn't have known that. There's, she was going to, boy, she was going to fuss at the cops for telling Papa that. Of course, my wife's an attorney, and we live here in town. We know all the police in town, you know. So. <laughs> anyway, she's mad at me. All right, Conley, tell us. Don, John Conley has a swimming pool in his, in his house. He bought a house with a swimming pool. And tell us your story, sir. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was I was filling up my pool. Uh, you know, they they eva- the water evaporates uh, every once in a while, so I was filling it up for a few minutes, and uh, I was fixing to go to work. So I was all ready to go to work. All I had to do is go in out there and turn off the water and go to work. Well, I I went outside and uh, was going toward the side of my pool, and I went a little bit too far and. Uh, fell in. It was March. Um, I had my scanner. I had my police scanner on my belt. Had my knife boots on, and uh, so I fell in the water and didn't even say any bad words. I just said, "Oops, that's uh, kind of cool." Water wasn't real cold, but oh, scanner never did work after that. I had to get out and. Uh, I was late. Had to dump the water out of my boots. And uh, well, you, I thought you had a phone with you also on, on your belt. No, no, no. I just had to just had that police scanner. All right. Well, I stepped in mine with a cordless phone on my belt, just walking around. And they were we were building this building that I'm in now, where my studio is. There were three guys on the roof and two guys with nail guns building, putting, laying uh, boards on the porch. And I don't know what I thought I was doing, but I was walking over there to tell one of them something, and I just stepped off in my in the shallow end of my pool, and this was March also. Whoa. And I had a cordless phone with me. That's all I lost was that little, just a little old cordless phone. But by God, it was cold. And, of course, one of them said, are you hurt? Well, no. And then they all just laughed. I mean, it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> little blind Phil had, uh, you know, the homeowners stepped off in his pool, the idiot. Now, also, uh, I, I was on my uh, I was on my senior trip. Uh, Don Shaw was, well, he wasn't with me. He was on his trip, but he wasn't with me. I was leading, uh, back when I could see a little bit, I was leading uh, two blind people behind me. And uh, on the senior trip, we, we went to a dude ranch, and they had a pool over there. And I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. Didn't have a cane with me. Wasn't paying attention to where I was going. Uh, I fell in the pool, and the guy that I was leading fell in the pool. Now the third guy, uh, he didn't. Uh, he he let us fall in the pool. He didn't. He didn't fall in. So. <laughs> so you led a guy into the pool is what you did. <laughs> right. Kind of like, yeah. That's good. Is there any swimming pools in a slippery rock? Not at this house. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know. This past summer's been pretty wet, so. Uh, <laughs> I'd yeah. give you mine if I could. I'd give it to you free of charge. If you want to come steal it, I could care less. Pools are something to take care of. I want you to have it. I want, I'd, I'd <laughs> fill it up with mud if Mom had let me, but she won't. She, I never use it, but I end up doing all the maintenance on it. I, That's right. I clean the skimmer out, and I backwash it, and I put chlorine in it. I hope she's not listening. Uh, it, <laughs> I, I have a pool story, but it's a little bit different. Go ahead. Because yeah, was it you, Lee, that, that asked about the pool yeah. story? I don't know which one John was telling me about, but when, you, John, when your, your last uh, uh, anniversary trip to the Poconos. Oh my gosh! Okay, uh, well, but several when we went to the Poconos uh, several years ago, uh, and I did still have my guide. I still have I have a guide dog now, but I had Gus as I was telling you before. Uh-huh. Uh, you have your own heart-shaped pool in your room. This is for romance purposes, of course, you know. Yeah. 
It's also very therapeutic and relaxing, by the way. So uh, we were in our pool, and the dogs were curious, and I left the door to the room open, so they came out and checked it out. And I said, oh, come on, Gus, come on, Gus, jump in the pool, go ahead. And it's not that big. Yeah. But it's about four feet deep in the, in the middle of it. You know, it, it doesn't get that deep. Yeah. yeah. And um, I kept encouraging him. Next thing I know, cuss, blush. There comes old chocolate lab gusser. <laughs> Almost 100 pounds of it yeah. in the pool. Yeah. And he started swimming, and I, you had to get out of the way of his claws. And he realized there was no bottom to the pool. So he went around, and I, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. There's a ladder. The dog climbed up the ladder. I never saw and, a dog And got out of the ladder. pool. Oh, yeah. what a deal. That's and he got good. out of that pool, and, of course, you know, the rest proceeded yeah. to shake, and he was also very clean after that. But, now, this and pool, I'm sure their filter was very clogged after that. Th this room had a pool, a private pool? Oh, they all do, yeah. Well, not all of them, but most of them do, yeah. The, what a deal. How much was this was expensive, wasn't it? Oh, they're expensive. We go every year. We've been going for the last, well, we've been there 20, I think 19 or 20 times now. Well, now I really hope my wife's not listening because she'll want to do that. <laughs> well, well, was this swimming pool outside the room, out on a balcony? No, 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 it's inside. You, you have a, you have your room. Uh, there are different types of rooms. They have a champagne towers, and they actually have a champagne uh, where you can go in like, like a jacuzzi. And you, and you. So if you're underneath, you can really see what's on, in the champagne. Yeah, so, that was the place. climb up high. But each room, these rooms have pools, and our room we like it because you, don't, you just go down into the it's a separate room from from your bedroom uh -huh. oh, okay and okay. you just go into the pool and it's got a sauna and a pool in there that's oh, nice yeah it's great, great. now i was just going to say lee that was the place that uh, john had written about on the list yeah 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 exactly but it seems like john told the story that that uh of course, Linda and John both being blind, but the lights were on in their heart-shaped pool, and and they weren't weren't wearing a suit or a tire. Right. Yeah. So the maintenance man or someone walking by. So, yeah, John didn't say that. Somebody else had said, "Well, wow, I, the man, the person walking by." But as Linda said, they they were there for romance. Now, is this true, Linda? Is this is, is this is this a true story or what? I'm not. I don't quite grasp what what went down. Uh, no, no, John had wrote, uh, had wrote the story on the list that the two of you went there and that this pool had, uh, you know, was next to your room. That's right, yeah, right with the room, right. And somebody commented, well, it, it, there must be windows, and if there was windows and you had the lights on, that somebody walking by would have observed these two people enjoying their anniversary. Maybe oh, maybe no, he I made this up. Yeah, that was just no, the comment. No, they don't have any windows. If there had oh. been windows was oh, the comment. Okay. If I there would have been was you're, the question. You're, you're dreaming again, Lee. You need to uh -oh. cut that out. No, because not. there aren't any windows. That's yeah. the no point. That was uh -huh. the deal. If there would have been some windows was the yeah. thrust of the conversation, so we, to speak. Oh, well. <laughs> we, we have an old friend named John Sled who owned a little beer joint at one time. He used to call him beer joint. Had a little nightclub. He and his wife, Margie. Margie could see John was totally blind as I am. And Margie left about 6 and said, John, I'll be back about 11 and pick you up. You going to run it? Yeah, I'll be fine. She came back about 10.30 and said, how's business? And he said, well, damn, it's been slow. And she said, well, it your sure help if you turn the lights on. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's good. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, that never crossed his mind that he needed. He was just in there. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Uh, that's not bad. Who else? Anybody else got a great blind story? Things that wouldn't have happened to you if you weren't, if you weren't blind? Well, I, um, 
I don't know whether this would have happened if I wasn't, wasn't night blind, but uh, I met this one girl on one of the other lists that I'm on, and she came, her and her husband came to Slipper Rock. And so, of course, we went out for dinner, and by then it was dark. And uh, I decided, okay, let's go play putt-putt golf. And uh, so my husband and her husband were both very competitive people. And uh, so this friend of mine, Mary, she's, she's real hesitant. She had just learned that she had RP and just, you know, uh-huh. not sure of herself. Wasn't comfortable with it yet. Right. Yeah. But she decided, well, if Boop can go putt-putt golfing in the dark, so can she. Uh-huh. So we start playing putt-putt, and um, I'm, I hit the ball, and then I have to go up and say, okay, where's the ball? Hit it again. And one time I hit the ball, and I hear this kind of a sigh and then a little bit of laughter. So I walk up to get my ball in here. I got in a hole in one. And I didn't know it. I couldn't see the ball after I hit it, or even sometimes when I hit it. You had gotten a hole in one. Yeah. Whoa. What a deal. What a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we got all done, and my husband was adding up the scores. and You won. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Amazing. Whoa. Blind Linda. Beat everybody. No, blind boop. <laughs> blind, that's what I mean, blind boop. Excuse me. Yeah. I get you too confused. I can't see real well, and so I, yeah. I get you. And, and so you, you were the high scorer. That's amazing. No, that low score. <laughs> oh, is it, is it low score? Is it always low score? Yeah. Oh, I'm confused, aren't I? Profoundly. Well, that's all right. The world Profoundly is confused. Golf is low score. Yeah. So obviously I don't play, so I, you know. You're not a member of the Blind Golfers Association, in other words. No, but there is, and we'll have have that that guy on yet. Yeah, we had him on. I think we had him on Blind Golfers Association. Who plays golf? We had Uh, he he was the uh, the ex dentist. Yeah, the ex dentist -dentist. who's a blind Uh, person. Jim Baker. Yeah, yeah. The same name as Tammy's. uh, Baker. Oh dear. Like he said though, not. And for a blind dentist. Oh. <laughs> this is scary. No, this is this. I asked him about that, and he said every time he calls somebody that. But you know, I was telling you, we had a baseball field. We also have a pitching machine, and uh, the one we have now throws curveballs and all kind of balls. The first one we had just pitched straight. Well, you, you, you we saw it. You saw it uh, one blind weekend. We had it. Yeah, yeah I, I saw it. Uh-huh. It's a tire that spins. It just flips that ball out of there, and it'll do it fast. Well, they decided that. Uh, or I decided that it would really be neat if, because I've never had the thrill of hitting a baseball, of, of just cracking the hell out of it and knocking it away. You know, that, I just think that would be great fun. Well, I haven't done it yet, but I've given it a try. I spent, we spent uh, two, two different times, 30 minutes. And, of course, she had to show me how to swing a bat. I'd never seen anybody swing a bat. I had no idea how that was done. So she showed me how to do that. And I've swung at him. Eventually, I'm going to have the thrill of hitting a ball out of the park. But it's going to take a little longer than we had initially thought it was. I haven't, they, of course, they're throwing him right up the middle. But I haven't hit one yet. Uh, Just make sure it's a small park. <laughs> oh, it is. It's a little, yeah. it's a little, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how far it is out to the road, but it's, uh, it's pretty small. In fact, uh, the, we, the, the kids, my, our 15, 14 and 13 year olds can't use it anymore because it's, it's too small. We, we end up with, uh, T-ball and, uh, and younger kids playing on it, uh, doing their practice on it now. But it's a good place for parties. It's a wonderful place to have parties. Go ahead. What? 
Mm-hmm. I say, if you do hit that ball, and it goes out of the, take that ball up to Cooperstown, New York, and put yeah. it in the Baseball Hall of Fame. The first blind guy to ever. No, there'd be some other guy. There'd be some blind baseball player, you know, who'd. Uh, you, there's a blind everything. I ran onto a blind astronomer the other day. Believe it or not. That's a deal. This guy works at the SETI Institute in California. I'm doing it Monday afternoon. We're going to do an interview. He's a blind astronomer. I mean, what a deal. That would be neat. So there, you know, there are blind people who do everything. Yeah, well, I, I still golf, but I don't go alone. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this one day, I was teeing off this one hole, and there was water right in front of the hole. And I happened to hit a good shot, and uh, my husband yanked his over to the left. So he's telling me just about where my ball is, because after it leaves the tee, I can't see it. Yeah. So I start walking up, and I get about 10 or 15 feet short of my ball, and I see this dog come out of the woods. And it ran over and picked up my ball. (laughs) And I'm watching it, and it goes about 100 yards up the fairway and drops my ball. Meanwhile, my husband's on the other side. He doesn't see any of this. I walk up to get my ball. Just about then, my husband comes over and says, Gee, that was really a a great shot. I think that's about the longest one you've ever had. That's good. That's a good one. I think you're right. (laughs) I just uh, wrote it off as an active dog. (laughs) What a deal. An active dog. That's good. I like that. Well, Boop, you've written to the list from time to time. and Tell tell, tell us a little bit about what you've talked about on the list about these giant kites that y'all fly. Well, that... That same friend that I took putt-putt golfing in the dark, we also went kite flying in the dark. We have these, um, now we do all, I also fly in uh, dual-line kites, they're the stunt kites, but we have these dual-line kites for flying at night. Uh-huh. And yep. the kite itself is all black, and we have these LED lights that we put on the wingtips. Uh-huh. And this kite is about 14 feet across. Whoa. And, and you fly it on 300-foot lines. Whoa. And you can fly them in almost no wind. Just, you know, you won't feel any wind. And uh, these things will pull like a truck. <laughs> because the kite's up so high that it catches yeah. Yeah. the what do you air current. Do you use like a fishing pole to hold the line? What do you use for it? No, we just, um, the first time we flew it, we had just little wrist straps and that kind of thing. Yeah. Since then, we've got these padded straps because otherwise it'll just really tear your arms up, your wrists and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was funny that day because Tom and my husband Tom and his and her husband Jerry took off into the field. And it's dark. Yeah. And uh, Mary's like, well, how are we going to get out there? <laughs> I said, I know this field. I said, there's nothing here. So there I am with my cane, making a point of not using a flashlight just to prove to her that, you know, this is doable. You ran into a camel. <laughs> no. <laughs> no camels in that field. <laughs> and we start out across this field. And, uh, and then, you know, we're flying these kites on 300-foot lines, so we had to go out, you know, about 400 feet just to find them. Yeah. 
And uh, Mary's like, well, how are we going to find them? I says, well, that's easy. I just hollered at my husband. I said, where are you? He hollers back. I said, well, they're over there, you know. And um, she really ended up that she appreciated that because it made her feel like, yeah, I guess I can do this. If she can do it, I can do it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we're out of time, believe it or not. We've oh, done it. Oh. Oh. We've done too much fun. We've done an hour. We've done an hour. Actually, you know, if we did this again, we'd have even more fun because we'd all be loose and comfortable. Maybe. I think everybody there was you go. Do what? Green acres. Go fly a kite. Go fly a kite. <laughs> I want to thank you all, and uh, I think I'm going to run. I'm going to run Ed Potter next week. Uh, a week from yesterday, which would be the the tenth. I think I'm going to run this. Just go ahead and run this on the seventeenth. What do you think? Huh? Get it out of the way. And, Boop, it's time for you to get in the, in the uh, 21st century and get DSL and get with the program. Well, as soon as we get our office finished, we're going to start getting cable. Okay. Rather than the, the dial-up modem. Great. Well, good. That, so we've got to can... get the molding and some other trim work done in the office first. Well, we'll go let you put a full heating pan or whatever you're doing. Yeah, 